You're listening to the Slavic Literature Pod, your shelf-help guide to all things Slavic. I'm Mike Gersimovic, PhD candidate at Northwestern University studying Russian literature and film. And I'm Cameron Lalana, literature enthusiast, guy working in media and professional editor who makes Matt look bad in the podcast whenever I have a chance, so he has to edit his own his stuff defensively. Yeah, I forgot what my title was that I always say when we do the podcast, because it's been a little while since we recorded, and I, uh, I, I didn't trust Cameron, so I deleted it and restarted. <laughs> uh, well, that's not what they're here for, Matt. What are the people here for? Uh, I think you're here because you haven't been attending class and your your grade is on the borderline and now you now you're here to ask me for help during my office hours a tale i know all too well that's why i always when i was in college i butted them up by going every single other office hours just to shoot the shit until i actually needed help quite frankly that that's much more enjoyable than than half your class showing up right before a, a test and saying wait a minute i understand nothing <laughs> yeah <clears throat> that sounds like a you problem at this point yeah, that was a me be. problem up until um uh, well, about 20 minutes ago, but now that you're all here. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways. Anyhow. Anyhow, this is an episode not on a book. This is an episode on a little thing we like to call life. Life, and perhaps some fate. Some fate. Some fate might be in order. Why might it be in order? What's happening? What are we? What's, what's going on here? Why are we making allusions to my favorite author, Vasily Grossman? Oh, well, yeah, we wanted to start off our, our office hours by, you know, announcing on the podcast what has been common knowledge on social media and our, our discord for a while but in 2024 we are going to be leading a chapter a day read along of Vasily Grossman's life and fate we got a lot planned for it already uh if, if you haven't haven't heard this this is news to you well you should be following us on social media so you don't uh, miss out on this specifically instagrams where we're going to be doing a lot of our uh, discussion read along whatnot stuff uh but plan for our life and fate read-along starting January 1st, 2024. One chapter per day. That's it. It's really quite simple. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be discussing it with everybody on Instagram and in our Discord. And every morning, if you would so like, we will send you a little uh, a thought-provoking discussion on the chapter of the day. Things that we thought were interesting. Uh, we're going to be trying our best to keep a <laughs> you know, running character list so you don't get lost along the way. And uh, it, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. I'm just really looking forward to it. Uh, really ready to get back into Grossman in general, ready to get back to life and fate. And this is a perfect book for a read, uh, a book a day kind of read. It's about five to 15 pages every chapter. So very low impact commitment to to do every day. Yeah. And well, what's important about that, too, is if you miss a few days, you can catch up without being overburdened. Even if you miss a whole week, you can still very feasibly catch up because there are a few days in there where the chapter is just half a page. Mm hmm. You get those once every once every two weeks or so. Yeah, so it's like a little gift to you for reading along with us—a half chapter or a half-page chapter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our little gift to you. Our little gift to you, which we told Grossman to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm super excited to get into it. Um, if you were there for our, our Stalingrad uh, series, uh, you know our, our deep love for this author and, and for his work, and. I, very exciting to get into Life and Fate specifically. Uh, perhaps a lot of its themes are still uh, relevant. And also just to see the evolution in Life and Fate from Stalingrad, which is really a, a it's fairly drastic change in... I mean, you can see the through line, but for 
so few years on the whole between the two books in this uh, uh, dialogy. Yeah, it's. I would say it's the more popular of the two, mostly because we do have a, a definitive copy of it. Or Stalingrad, it's a little more complicated than that. Right. Uh, but this has been in translation for longer. People have had more time to kind of sit with it. And we, we, in case you're wondering, we're, of course, highly recommending Robert Chandler's translation of this. This is the New York Review Books uh, translation. It's We just like Robert Chandler's translations when they're available. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was on the podcast, which was so nice of him. Yeah, and if you just happen to look down in our show notes, you might be able to find that episode there. Just maybe. Mm-hmm. Just maybe. Just maybe. So if everything goes according to plan on our end, the, the challenge for us was at, at the end of each day, we really wanted to put together a very short podcast episode that talks about everything that our community had discussed that day. A lot of the chapter a day read-alongs, you know, it's just kind of an Instagram discussion and we kind of wanted to bring it to our podcast platform as well. That way... Uh, maybe if you're not participating every day on social media, you still have kind of uh, an idea of what other people are talking about. And that way, just for kind of general posterity, it always stays uh, and somewhere maybe a little more permanent than just Instagram. So if you make a point you really want to remember, uh, just try to make a note of what chapter it is and see if we include it in that day's episode. You don't have just to listen see. to them all, but you know. Yeah, no, you do have to listen to them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm super excited to get to for us to get to that. We've been we're already preparing long in advance, but it yes. will be it will be great. It'll be a great read along, great chance to really dig into the the themes. The themes. So I feel like I should preface a little too, mm. in case there are people that are listening that are like, "What is life and fate? Who is Grossman? I didn't listen to your Stalingrad series. Do I need to listen to your Stalingrad series?" First of all, no, it's a completely standalone novel. You do not need to have read Stalingrad. If you did read it, that's wonderful. You might, you know, you'll recognize some of the characters. In my opinion, they act very differently in Life and Faith than they did in Stalingrad. And having read, you know, the first of the two is is not necessary. Might be interesting for you, but I don't want anyone to feel like they're uh, beholden to reading eight or nine hundred pages before they get into reading this eight or nine hundred pages. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like we mentioned, this is the themes shift pretty drastically here. A lot of things happen to Grossman between Stalingrad and Life and Fate. And so, as Matt said, the characters start to take on sort of a new life in relation to some evolving things he learned about and started to feel in these years. So it is a sequel technically with the same characters, but it is pretty distinctly its own novel and perhaps for, as you as we get into it you may understand why it is sort of the more popular of the two at least in in the west for sure i feel like at some point we're gonna have to put together just a general standalone who was vasily grossman yeah or because uh, i feel like it's kind of spread over so many different episodes that we've done it that because we've covered so much of him we should just do one episode where it's just here's why he was important here's how he was received here are the different things that he wrote this is why it's you know incredibly important because i have a few people just in my own life who are like this looks interesting i might read along with you and then i start to tell them a little bit about grossman they're like wow that's really interesting i didn't know you know for instance that his uh you know documentary evidence was critical in the nuremberg trials for instance most people don't know that it's pretty important right <laughs> to know but those people don't know that they don't they don't know that he was the first one i think probably to at least uh, as a journalist uh or from the side of like the troops uh, you know either side the allies or the the western troops to the the red army to write about the death camps 
I, I think I know I know for sure that his article the hell of Treblinka was used you know at Treblinka and at Treblinka at uh, Nuremberg as well right so he's this pivotal figure also god there's just so many other things about his life we, I think we should and I'm, I'm completely on board with this I, I also think that for people who really kind of identify with some of the or not just identify but they, they find the philosophy of the sort of 19th century golden age really interesting I think that Grossman carries that same sort of I don't know what you'd say Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> he carries that same sort of like way of thinking, that sort of like way of writing, that kind of exploration of of dense, difficult topics forward in a way that addresses things that are uh, in in some ways more pertinent pertinent today. Uh, I mean, the golden age, of course, is always relevant, but I I feel like these are kind of questions that are in a lot of ways unaddressed in some of these. Hmm. I mean, just sort of, for for instance, right, he's in direct conversation with Hannah Arendt's Eichmann in Jerusalem on the banality of evil. There's a a, a core chunk of this, this book that's about that uh, in, in responding to that, which is very interesting. We'll talk about it when we get there, but I'm excited to talk about that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, 19th century, right? Dressing like overall themes, good, evil, th- things like this that, of course, never go away. But <laughs> you don't have things like, uh, I-, I don't know, you don't conceptualize authoritarian states kind of right in, in the same mm. way at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, clearly you can see that we're ripper and ready to go. I mean, we're ready to start the start it right here, right now. Yeah, well, that's what we're gonna, actually we're going to start it right here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! All right, let's get into it. Chapter one. So <laughs> we start in the camps. Yeah, actually, the the intro to chapter one is it's very it's very interesting. We'll talk about it when we get there. I don't, don't want to give too much away, but it is actually really provocative the way that Grossman chooses to start the novel. Right. Oh, uh, you're making it so hard for me not to get into it. But let's move on. <laughs> let's move on before I actually start going off about it. Okay. Well, January first, twenty twenty four. Make sure you join us. We have a, on our website, you can sign up for our email list. Yeah, just make sure you check the Life and Fate 2024 read-along. That way, uh, I know you want to be sent emails every day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's good. Join our Discord, follow us on Instagram, and uh, read. Read. Do it. That's good advice. That's good advice. Mm-hmm. Just generally, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of good advice we have for things, Matt, uh, I think it's time for us to enter the hobby hole. Let me, let me jump on in. <laughs> Please enter the hole. Uh, what what have you what have you been doing for fun? What's what what have you been doing more casually? Oh, I wouldn't say it's fun, but <laughs> I would say it's obsessive. Perhaps. Sure, I, for some people they're one and the same. <laughs> yeah, for me they are, but in general, I, I wouldn't think most people describe this as fun. However, so I've been you know getting back into board games a little bit more recently. And one of the ones I've been running a lot is Lost Ruins of Arnak, and I really like it. But the setup is such a pain for it. And so I was like, you know what I need to do one night randomly is I need to <laughs> I need to make foam inserts for this board game. <laughs> and someone who also had this thought fortunately posted plans online, although his looked more like 3D printed, which would have made it everything a lot easier as I mm. was kind of like measuring out millimeters on this ruler with my right. giant pieces of foam that I bought impulsively from Hobby Lobby. I was the only person under like 800 in that Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I went at uh, 1 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
I assume everyone who is able to operate a computer just orders it from home. Uh, okay, you know, I thought that too, but I, okay. I looked online. Hobby Laffy was like way cheaper, like one half, one third the price for these uh, foam boards. So this is not right. a Hobby Lobby endorsement, but uh, <laughs> it's a very strange store. I have not been to a Hobby Lobby since I was a small child. Right. Yeah. I, I normally, I, I feel like there's always like a Michaels closer. Sure. Uh, so, you know, you go in, they got their holiday decorations which i was going and this was probably like mid-october when i was there so naturally the christmas decorations were out well naturally i mean it's almost frankly almost overdue it's almost overdue exactly and so (laughs) so i'm going through all the all the aisles and actually i I did lie i I fibbed a bit for my for my joke there the the, (laughs) the two sets of people in there are uh old people who are doing arts and crafts great yeah and there are actually people uh like like people my age doing dumb hobbies like this <laughs> and there's no in between <laughs> that makes sense and it's great okay so anyways i'm going through all the aisles uh it took me about three walks up and down the whole store of the aisles to figure out that they actually had labels on on the front of them <laughs> they're just they're just hidden beneath the layers of hobbies right but they, they are there nonetheless i was able to find everything but then as, as you're going out and you're standing in line you're like wait a minute am i in a bible section right now <laughs> you can get illustrated bibles you can get bibles that i think you color oh uh you can get normal ones okay um there were a lot there were a lot so uh, what translations were dominant um i didn't get that far I, okay. I didn't i didn't want to pick any up because i didn't i didn't want anyone around me to ask me questions <laughs> i didn't want to do anything that would um signal i live in the midwest so the people people like to they like they like their small talk. Uh, I, I was not in the mood. I was buying uh, an exacto knife, foam board inserts, sure, uh, multiple different kinds of glue, uh, <laughs> self healing cutting board. I looked like a maniac in here. <laughs> so, anyways. So, anyways. That was that was my Hobby Lobby experience. That's good. That's a good good Hobby Lobby experience. That feels right, just instinctively. I don't think the, I can't remember the last time I've been in a Hobby Lobby. I think I've always been more of a Michaels person, but it feels just right. Especially the Bibles at the checkout line. Okay, honestly, that was a bizarre experience. However, I actually really did like the, I did like the store <laughs> quite a lot. It, it felt really it felt good seeing everything organized like that. Sure, well, I'm I'm not sure what that is. Uh, yeah, in my brain, ask. But, but seeing everything uh, like organized and seeing all the different crafts you can do, I quite liked. Sure, sure. Maybe you should be more of a craft person. Maybe this can be our, our spinoff podcast. No, dude, I'm looking for sponsorship money right now, <laughs> Matt. Craftovich. <laughs> That's the name. That's what I just came up with. You can have that one for free. Each episode we will go through a different Hobby Lobby Bible. <laughs> will we do will we do the color color in one or will we do the one with that that sort of seemed like it had kind of like an adventure type theme? <laughs> oh, I think I actually I may know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I had a feeling you might. I may have been gifted that one as a child. <laughs> I, all right, I'm just going to leave that at that. <laughs> it was an experience. It was yeah. great. I now have a really wonderful uh, foam insert for this game. Man, I feel like you could drop ass and go to a Hobby Lobby and get enough experiences to write like a whole Midwest emo album, conceptual album about it. I and I think you, I think that's how they were made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got me there. All they're missing is a bar and it would be great. <laughs> Yeah, that would true. That would bring it all together. That would bring it all together. It would. Uh, so, so how, do you have me beat? 
this no, episode? I've, this month I have no hobbies. I've just been... Um, Depressing. Uh, <laughs> everyone's taking vacation because I guess it's the holidays, and that means that I get to work extra, which is my little gift for the holidays. That was a nice gift of your employer to you. I know. It was really, really sweet of them to get me uh, a seven-day work week this week. Yeah. So <laughs> huh. it's really, really nice to get a seven-day work week followed by uh, a non, non-sequential non days off. <laughs> yeah, and on the, on, the, on, the, on the first day of Christmas, your employer gave to you 30 days straight of work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't, don't wish that into my life. I've done 11 days straight already. <laughs> I, I'm not going to challenge them on, on how far we can go with this. <laughs> I know I know one of the weather guys was on for like 15 days that time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's the weather. Yeah, that's true. It is well, I mean it's the weather. It's um, the weather. Yeah, that's my hobby hole. I've got I've got perilous little that's interesting and fortunate. My hobby this month is commuting. Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's great. Tell the viewers how long your commute is. I just I want to I want to I want to hear some some of them it's, die. Oh. On a good day, it is each way. It's an hour and a half. Let's go. But right now there is construction on every conceivable part of the Bay Area and mm. parts of the Central Valley, and uh, so I have to go through three or four construction zones, and uh, people keep crashing their cars. So realistically, it's more like two hours, possibly up to three on a bad day each way. Do you think your work would pay for you to helicopter in? <laughs> no, NBC doesn't pay that kind of money. Okay. Uh, not, at least not at my level. I don't know. Maybe if Do I get promoted, that's when you think we get... could build a sort of propulsion system to launch you towards your work where you could then parachute in? <laughs> Are you that uh, close? I, well, it'd have to launch me about 80 miles, but if we could make that happen, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to like paraglide into it. All work. right. Stem people in the chat. Uh, how much <laughs> money would it cost to build a contraption? I mean, well, you would only have to go part of the distance because part of it would be parachuting down right yeah okay well all right well we'll get some people on this that's a good starting point i'm gonna get over to hobby lobby actually and start <laughs> buying some, <laughs> some stuff needed to build this cannon no that seems more like a home depot project oh honestly. yeah right, well i live across the street from a, a lowe's so maybe we'll uh... <laughs> hi hi mr lowe's people um can you sell me uh maybe black powder and mess like a big middle tube at the shape of a cannon um okay so i know like the, my conception is that lowe's is like a slightly more left-leaning home depot it's for the left-leaning dads <laughs> okay uh, all right but i i do think that uh for that fact you in this project you will want to go to home depot right you're gonna need something that's like a little bit dangerous you know <laughs> something that lowe's will have probably like uh, safely locked up home depot will have uh, just on the floor for children to play with yeah well i'll just go i'll just go look for whatever employees open carrying and uh, i mean ask I, them I don't for think they necessarily need to be like locked away but the fact that like when i go to home depot they have like like things that could ostensibly you be used as weapons right just just out <laughs> just not even like on a shelf just like on the floor i think like, it's an invitation i think they i think it's someone who wanted to fight that they said all right i'm gonna leave it here and i'm gonna let god decide yeah, I mean they did, and and he does. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do. I I have mixed feelings on on my Home Depot, my neighborhood Home Depot. What? What? How so? I'm a thinking man, Cameron. Sue me. Okay, so you're thinking man. So you you want to meet your Lowe's or perhaps your Ace Hardware? What's the, where does the Ace Hardware fall in, in this in the schema uh, thing? I actually if, do like Ace Hardware. It's where I go for my paint. I will sure. say. Uh, although the last time I went for paint, uh, the, the guy said, I, I was going for this like dark green that I painted my office and he goes, uh, sorry, we're out of dark paint. <laughs> like, <laughs> out of paint. You just make it in the machine. Uh, 
uh, but it took him like a half an hour to even realize like that's that was a problem. So that was fun. Um, I don't want to get into Ace Hardware. It's fine. It's not where you go for the level of danger. You know, this is fascinating. It's not where you go to feel something. <laughs> it's 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 the place with the helpful hardware, folks. But uh, sure. No, no, my 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 Home Depot. Like in a lot of stores, I can conceptually understand how they are organized, where I need to go, how it flows. When I go into Home Depot, I have not even the slightest clue where I need to be at any point in time. I wander to and fro. <laughs> right. I, when my dad goes into Home Depot, he knows exactly where he's going. I don't know how. <laughs> Ask your dad. I bet he knows where to go in a Home Depot when you need certain things. They're not in the aisles that are labeled for the things they should be. Right. Well, that's the thing about Home Depot. And this is, I only know this because I spent so long at Home Depot as a kid is you can't you don't read any labels in fact most people who go in there can or don't read and so and and much like them i don't either so we just navigate by feel and by memory um i think it's sort of meant to emulate the the life of a hunter gatherer i think it was actually an intentional decision yeah also but okay so in our home depot i don't know if this is a midwest thing i something tells me a little bit is (laughs) we we have like a like a bratwurst stand what like in the front on the weekends (laughs) yeah you can (laughs) That is a Midwest thing. You can just get like Polish sausage in the front of our Home Depot. All right, hell yeah, dude. I don't, I don't think I remember seeing that as a kid. I feel like I would have been. All right, you've convinced me to come visit you. <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. Okay. You know, so, anyways, I can't navigate a Home Depot, but I, I have found the uh, <laughs> the food stand. Uh, I, lo- I love this conversation. I'm finding out. So I feel like even though I've known you for years, hearing you get into the, the subtle differences between Ace Hardware, Home Depot, and Lowe's, I feel like really, it's really bringing that to a new level right now. Yeah, I, I would think so. It's, <laughs> it's something our, our listeners have been clamoring for. Right. They have. They've been, I mean, banging pots and pans to know where, is, where do we fall on the in the Home Depot to Lowe's spectrum. Yeah, somebody sent me like a Harry Potter howler the other day just <laughs> screaming right. at me about this. Right. I mean, of course, it's a it's a dual. It's it's not a single like line spectrum. It also has to do with the form of you know transportation you take to get there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on one end you have a raised truck, Home Depot, and on the other end, at the most extreme, you have taking a bike to Lowe's. That's hilarious. I've never okay. I've, I first of all, I'm the only one with a Honda Civic in my Home Depot. <laughs> I can tell you that much. And not surprising. I look like I'm um, an absolute maniac trying to load stuff in there. Surprisingly good trunk space, I will say. But right, uh, yeah. I am the only Honda Civic there. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so uh, we we live in an area where where people do a lot of trade related work. So there, there's a lot of like real people who know what they're doing, right? Uh, at, at our Home Depot, I am not one of them. Well, you know, they need one for entertainment. It's important for their morale to see someone wandering <laughs> around lost. Yeah, yeah, I'm like their mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this has gone on far too long. Matt, what are you what are you reading this month? What's uh what's the we don't have a we don't have a, as good of a title for this one. We need to come up with one. <laughs> I called it readings this <laughs> month. <laughs> <laughs> what what readings have I been assigned this month? Uh, so it took me about I think three months to finally finish Blood Meridian mm-hmm. by Cormac McCarthy because I had kept like picking it up and putting it down, and I was reading it when I was on vacation, and then I came back and was busy, and I forgot I was reading it, and then I and then I finished it, and then I'm still reading, but I'm also close to finishing Nausgaard's The Morning Star, which. I both of them are great in their own way. NASCAR appeals more to my sort of sensibilities. Sure. I'm kind of well, I'll say I find it a little more enjoyable. That's fair. Well we'll have to hear his full thoughts when we uh do when we do a breakout episode in the morning star. 
to in order to entice Knausgaard onto our I'm, podcast. I'm gonna. So the <laughs> the thing it does make me reflect on is just how little available there is online that's actually helpful. Mm. Um, I could probably find stuff through my library, but I'm like, I, I just, I, I'm not gonna get that deep into Blood Meridian. I just wanted a little something, something to read, right. a couple small things, whatnot. There is like the Yale online courses if you want to watch some professor from 20 years ago lecture on it. It's okay. It's right. okay. Uh, it's just not always what I'm in the mood to listen to after I've am done doing my own lectures for the day. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. So I uh, it just reaffirms my own mission with this podcast. Right. <laughs> um, glad I'm glad that's the main takeaway of Blood Meridian. That's that's why is our that podcast I'm doing is something a, a, good. Right. <laughs> Uh, I think much, that's what old Corm would have wanted. I think so. I mean, I think that. I mean, that was what the whole novel was about, right? Just, just a young, young American man trying to do good in the world. That's what I took away from Blood Meridian with his podcast. <laughs> this, <laughs> with a gun in one hand and a podcast in the other. <laughs> uh, what did you read this month? Uh, this month, I've, I've not done any reading for fun, as you might have gathered from my last section. <laughs> Mm. but i have we we did we are for the podcast as you may have already heard part of uh, we are covering a volga tale so uh and a volga tale is like almost 600 pages so i'm, I'm counting that as my reading yeah, for the month that we, that we had to we had to do we sprinted through 600 pages through two episodes um mm. you've done like uh 900 pages over the course of like four months so i pat on the back to us i gotta say for finishing that anyway um you'll hear our full thoughts when you actually listen to those episodes so i won't uh, litigate those here but uh i i feel like i feel a blog coming on maybe it's time for a new one it's a lot of thoughts yeah we haven't been great about writing on our blog but we got we got some stuff up there there's some stuff i mean something you can go back and reread old ones if you want yeah just a lot to say about fairy tale and family and recreation and uh there is i had a lot to say about it for sure i know i feel like after we i was really happy with our with our episode i still am happy with it but then i after i give more time i was like wait there's more i want to talk about i was that i did let it percolate a little bit I was, well, because we were going to do it over one episode originally just to fit with the kind of scheduling that we had for the year. And then we were like, oh, why do we always do this to ourselves? Like, we stack, like, long reads in one month like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we were like, okay, we got to, we have to split it up. But I was a little worried. I just, I, I didn't really know anything about the book. So I was like, I hope this is going to be enough for two episodes. And it totally was. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. But mm-hmm. anyway, you'll listen to our... um listen to our episode on it and you'll hear them most of them anyway and if there are more maybe you'll see a blog post about it but uh maybe. matt i think maybe now is a good time perhaps to take a break what do you think i think that's that's not bad all right well that's not bad not a bad idea at all well you know this episode is brought to you our listeners you can support independent podcasting by heading to our website slavaclitpod.com uh you get access to the notes we use to make this episode including all the links to secondary sources mentioned in this case that doesn't apply but you'll be getting links to all the secondary podcasts mentioned if you subscribe i'll come haunt your local home depot and or lowe's <laughs> and if you subscribe at a certain level you can uh give us a drink uh, to bring on to our office hours episodes. In this case, uh, we do not have one, but also I'm sick, and uh, I think Matt's getting started on his work day, so perhaps that's for the best that we aren't starting off with the drink. Yeah, normally we do record these ones later, but this morning it was just <laughs> this is the time it had to be. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think it's I think I think this all all things considered, this is a perfect time for us to break out some brewskis. <laughs> <Not opposed. laughs> a, little, a, little, a little pre-commute brewski for me. <laughs> Take one for the road, baby. (laughs) Anyhow, (laughs) what can they do if they don't want to spend uh, 
their hard-earned uh, blood money from fighting uh, mm. an illegal war in Mexico, Matt. Leave us a nice review. I like to see them. Okay. Wherever you get your podcasts, that mm. would be nice. Also, join our Discord if you want to join the discussion for these kind of episodes. We have a, we have a very passionate community on there, to say the least. A- absolutely. And uh, if you have questions, comments, or you'd like to appear on this very podcast, you should drop us a line. You can reach our voicemail at 209-800-3944, or you can also email us a voice recording or text question at slaviclippod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll bring your question on here and see what we can do to address it. We'll see if we can if we can fix it. Speaking of listener questions, we do have one here from the Discord. We actually had two on there, but we <laughs> then we everyone kind of jumped in the second question and actually addressed it. So if you'd like to see our other question, which is about uh, dealing with um, uh, kind of books or media or whatever, which has more racy elements, especially like, you know, um, bloodier, I think the term, I don't know if this is the term they use, torture porn. Like, what do we think of that? And I think bloodier, it was inter- bloodier. Meridianer. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that was a good discussion to just jump on there. But the the question that originally um, got that is, uh, like, what do you guys think about this? I guess the context for this is this particular, this, this um, uh, listener was reading, uh, let's see, what was it? Um, American Psycho? Well, some Brett Easton Ellis novel, I don't know if it was specified. Um, and talking about, there's so many people who can't get through, especially for Brett Easton Ellis, uh, because it, it would rated this book poorly because it was too gross. And so they're asking, you know, like, what do you think about people not knowing how to put down a book they aren't set up to read? Um, and I think there's there's some interesting questions to get into here. Brett Easton Ellis is a specific case, if you know anything about Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> uh, but I think this is actually, this is a good question, right? I mean, not only there's one angle here of like, what, uh, how... I don't know how to, I don't guess, prepare people, maybe how to prepare yourself for bloodier, more disgusting reads from, you know, from Brady Stanellis, from writers like, uh, who's the guy who did uh, Chuck Palahniuk, who writes some, <laughs> some really just astounding short stories uh, in terms of <laughs> the gross out content. I think that is a good question for that angle, but also on like a wider range, right? For books that are, you know, sexual themes and even like stuff that's like less uh, prurient, maybe just needing to know historical knowledge. I think that's a good question of how do you prepare yourself or other people to get into those kinds of works? Um, and I'm going to start with, I think, I, I feel like, I don't know if this is uh, this is the unpopular take here, but I think sometimes you or a person maybe you're recommending a book to just aren't ready for those kinds of things. Um, if it's like something that's super, you know, I'll take an example, uh, like Chuck Palahniuk again, he's got this short story, Guts, I think it's called, or something like that, where... Um, this kid and like starts using a pool for sexual pleasure, and it, one thing leads to another, and he gets all his guts sucked out by the pool cleaner. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> a hell of a lead-in, right? Um, one thing leads to another. <laughs> yeah, naturally, you see that. You see the through line here. You see how it happened. Um, like that's like I think that's a good one where like I read that and I was like, man, that's gross. But I, you know, I liked reading it. So, like a good piece of writing. But then also, if you're going to, you know, this, this, let's take this, this theoretical example of giving this book to someone else. Because uh, if, if if there's not two people here, you know, it's... Hey, Grandma. Yeah, part of it is like knowing your audience on one level of knowing what people are going to enjoy or read. If you're going to recommend them something in this particular case, right? I mean, this question isn't just about recommending, but... Uh, if there's just one person involved and they're not listening to this podcast, we can't help them. So in this case, you know, like I think people are going to have limits in their in their reading for fun. And I think it's OK 
to work within those limits for them to help them read and enjoy in that in that arena um that being said some people have really really restrictive limits and uh, that one i don't i, I recommended a book to someone i'm sorry once. i just can't get over the idea of recommending it as a book like this too <laughs> <laughs> it's just really doing it for me <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, like I recommended a family member once a book, uh, I think it was Catch-22, and it briefly mentions like uh, a married couple uh, having sex or like like woman being like, whoa, why don't you use this whip when we have sex or whatever. Anyway, for that family member, that was too much, that mention. Of <laughs> and they'd put it down. So, I would agree. Huh? I would agree. <laughs> Matt, Matt take, Matt's taking a stand. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's really restrictive and you it, maybe you don't recommend books to that person, but I mean, on the whole, I think it's good to know not only other people's levels, but also your own levels. So like, what's your capacity for those things? Um, and I, if some people like to read books, just pick them up and get into them. I'm always a fan of looking into them a little bit, seeing if you need to do any prep work. You know, not only just getting ready for something bloody or disgusting, but also like, oh, do I need to know anything about this novel to get into reading, mm. reading it? And for a lot of novels, you don't. But for some, you know, our own discipline here, uh, Slavic literature... Yeah, often you might need to do some prep work, just knowing when it was written, where it was written, what was the context, what city, whatever. There's a few things that might help inform your reading. Um, so I guess the short answer, which maybe is less, for my end, I don't know if you have any thoughts uh, on this, is just, hey, know, if you're going to recommend a book to someone, know what they're, what they're, um, what they want and what they don't want. Or if it's for yourself, know what you're getting into. Uh, if you can, if that's part works with your style. If you just like to be surprised every time, then hey, that's 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 your thing. That's how you, that's how you like to read books. I would say there was a moment mm. where that I was a part of in college. This was when I was an undergrad. Something I noticed, which was that there was definitely a hesitance to read some of these novels that included some of these really graphic depictions. Mm. But I, I would actually say it's improved since I started teaching that I, I've noticed students are more willing to grapple with it. Mm. Uh, but th- there was definitely this point. I don't know what this says about my cohort of, you know, people that I went to school with. Where it's <laughs> sort of like, you know, there is something that I don't like that occurs somewhere in this book. Therefore, I'm not going to read any of it. Mm. And, uh, well, I'd say at least for in terms of a course perspective, uh, I don't know what to tell you about that one. Right. In the, in the syllabus so yeah it's tough uh yeah <laughs> I, I, I that's why i do think it can be it is helpful in, in a lot of our courses when we include you know content warnings just a little bit of a heads up that you know you're, you're about to <laughs> read something you're probably not going to enjoy uh so i, I don't know I, i'm kind of with you there's a lot of stuff to read there's no reason to read uh you know something that's uh just not doing it for you although i i will say like I do have family members who will say to me, and this is more of a, a film or visual media thing where like, I don't like seeing violence. Mm. And that's, so I'm not going to watch something because it has too much violence. And that to me is a little bit tough. I, I get it. it it's, it, I get, I get it's not pleasant, but uh, sometimes we must push through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not, not in all cases, but uh you know, I, I have family members with like an extremely low, low, low tolerance right. for violence, um, and that's that's always tricky to me because I'm like, you're you're just missing a lot. Yeah, I've noticed something not for like just violence, but for um, I, I don't know if this is just the people of the community I grew up in, 
but it's less like, oh, it's too violent of a board. It's like, why isn't it happier? I mean, it's just such like a sad. Yeah, that's sort that's it's sort of an extension of that for sure. Right. And um, I mean, that one, you know, like I said, I'm not going to move off my old point of, you know, know it's within your limits. But also, I think we talked about this a little before the podcast. There's something to be said for trying to push yourself a little bit, seeing, seeing, you know, what you can if there's certain elements that you feel like I want, I want to engage with this more. Maybe there's something to be said for kind of stepping out of your comfort zone at a at a pace you're ready to go at. Well, this goes with my my general theory in art, which is that it, it is supposed to challenge you. It is at times supposed to make you uncomfortable. It is not supposed to coddle you, comfort you, just always perpetually be there to entertain you. Right? Uh, in in some ways, I think you have a responsibility as a, as a reader to to challenge yourself. Right? Yeah. And sometimes it can mean you know, reading things that are uncomfortable. There are, of course, legitimate cases of, you know, certain topics that might be off limits for you. That's okay. I'm talking like, you know, for instance, uh, we just watched uh, Sopranos not that long ago. And I have family members who are like, ah, I don't care about mob violence. I don't want to watch the Sopranos. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, most of it's about um, the disintegration of uh, an Italian-American community. Right. Uh, and this man going to therapy and the fun slang that comes along with uh, this community at this time. It's a like such an an important show in like TV history to just dismiss it on the case on the grounds of well I I don't like violence I'm not going to watch anything mob related it's like kind of crazy I think violence obviously it's not the only thing to consider here there's a lot of other angles for things that make people uncomfortable not just like viscerally but also maybe existentially or you know maybe making them question their their relationship to capital or to global systems of production or whatever the environment whatever it may be. But I think violence is a really interesting one because there's such a broad range of violence, right? I mean, you can have, you know, in children's cartoons, G.I. Joe, I don't know what the what the modern equivalent of that is, but there are certain forms of violence which are kind of acceptable or even clean, you know, oh, kids can watch this. Uh, action, not action rangers, power rangers, there it is. Um, but then there's also, you, you ramp it up to the point where at some point it does become uncomfortable for people, um, right? Like, like in the Sopranos for your relatives. Um, but then also, but then there's the question of, I, for me, you know, when is this exploitative? When is this violence unnecessary? Am I in a position to judge that piece of art on its necessity or not necessity? Hard to say. Um, but and then I think there's also the interesting angle where, where authors may or other creators may use this sort of violence as uh reflect as a tool to make the audience reflect in uh, one way or another i think that can be i think that can be the case too i also really liked with uh i always found this like interesting too like with blood meridian for instance i i don't really know like if this would fall into the category that our listeners were talking about but i always find it's just so interesting for even myself reading like how desensitized you get to the things in it and and it's interesting to notice like when you're in that mindset reading something like that what pulls you out of it to make you again, realize that, oh, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> right. You know, because actually the part of Blood Meridian for me that gets boring, right, is, is the part where they fall into the rhythm of just uh, relentlessly murdering everybody. Yeah. That's the boring part of the book. And that is fascinating to me. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, great example. But I don't know. I think that's a good, good, good enough answer for now. But speaking of, all out, speaking of answers we have for people, Matt, I think it's time for you maybe to go uh, mano a mano, hand to hand with Reddit, perhaps. Thread to thread. <laughs> so I wasn't going to do this section because I hadn't seen anything that really just 
sent me flying out my window. And I realize that's because I unsubscribed from the Dostoevsky subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of threads there are so much worse than other book or Russian-related topics. So much so, I can't even fathom what is going on there. First of all, I think I explained about this last time. At least one half of the posts are people saying, where do I start? Mm. Literally don't care at this point, read anything. <laughs> uh, they'll just take a picture of like any Dostoevsky book they see everywhere, and they'll, they'll put some vague title like, thoughts? <laughs> or, what do you think? <laughs> just anything. And these aren't like rare copies, keep in mind. They'll find like a penguin you know copy right like hmm thoughts what about this translation like oh my god it's just it's just relentless right um then there are the the same kind of ones where people will uh ask a legitimate question who uh probably maybe uh, my, my my sort of read on it is some of these people might be a little bit younger just starting to get into some more like serious literature uh and they are given no help by anyone in the audience hmm. so this person said hi why is there a lot of hype about crime and punishment i tried to read it multiple times but it's too long and i always quit after a couple of chapters so you get some well-meaning advice like uh you know maybe try a different translation something like that and then you just get people who give completely unhelpful advice like hmm should have started with karamazov uh no they shouldn't have if they don't find crime and punishment interesting they're not gonna find brothers karamazov interesting <laughs> right it, it's just it it's terrible over there but my my favorite this week was um i i'd like to think this was um i don't know what i'd say i'd like to think this is just a good faith hypothetical how would you catch Raskolnikov? <laughs> Forensics and technology continues to advance rapidly. Uh, and then this person goes on talking about like modern forensic techniques right. and why they would have caught Raskolnikov earlier. And I was like, brother, I don't know how to tell you. Like, you're missing the whole point of the book. <laughs> it's not about catch it. You already know who did it. You actually, as the reader, already caught him first. Do you think this is a bot? Because I'm, I'm reading in the late 1800s, there were limited surveillance cameras. Well, yeah, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm like reading this. I'm like, is this? I I, I took it seriously until I got to like it, there were limited surveillance cameras in the late 1800s, which I'm. It it might just be like a shit post. I don't know. I really I I honestly that's the problem with subreddits that I cannot tell. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's I. Even if it is a shit post, I think I like the people who are engaging with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, it lands on how might modern surveillance technology impact the investigation? Uh, and someone's like, well, I think if if you had CCTV, it'd be pretty easy to catch him. Uh, yes, I guess I guess crime and punishment would be a little bit shorter if there was a CCT camera pointed right at the exit of this apartment building. I'm gonna write that fanfic and publish it. <laughs> uh, he he doesn't repent, but it's one big. Um, it it just turns into sort of like a trial procedural type thing, right? It just becomes Kafka's the trial. <laughs> <laughs> Except you uh, do know what you did this time because you just killed an old woman with an axe. Yeah. So the I. I don't want to take off Reddit completely because sometimes there's some some helpful stuff on there. Like I like the Tolstoy subreddit, which is somebody saying like, "Hey, do you think we could put together like an open source wiki that has all of Tolstoy's uh, freely available and published and translated works together in one cohesive place?" 
and then the Dostoevsky subreddit, it's like, could we catch Raskolnikov with CCTV? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's endlessly fun. I mean, if you really think me. about it, they're asking the real questions. Yeah, the, uh, the Tolstoyans are cowards. Yeah, they want to do CCTV. <laughs> what if a war and peace happened in a massive surveillance state? How would that change the novel? Honestly, think about it. They would have gotten Napoleon so much sooner. <laughs> uh, I feel like we could stay on Reddit for a long time. I'm scrolling through here and I'm seeing a lot to talk about, but I, I don't want to land on this forever <laughs> before, it, before it crosses the line into bullying, whatever wherever that might be. Uh, what are we reading for the month, man? Let's just go through a quick what, are we, what to expect for the next uh, over the next two weeks before we, we log off proverbially. Oh, not not much. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise. We're closing up the old, the old series we got going. We got the part two of Vogeltail, which is going to be coming out next week, and then the third week of the month, November seventeenth, we have the last part of our The Master and Margarita series, and then we go on winter break, baby. Now, looking forward to it. Looking forward yeah, to every we'll part. We'll have. Um, I get the feeling we'll have some episodes, some something coming out in December, but nothing. Uh, no sort of main series stuff. Well, as you might understand, we have uh, some things to prep for. <laughs> One or two uh, projects coming yeah. after that, which we need some time for. Life and Fate will be a lot to prep for. And then, you know, during our winter break and our summer break and whatnot, usually we'll... That's when we try to stack up our guest episodes and, you know, record in advance because otherwise we will die during the year. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's a little, you know, little behind the scenes knowledge if you made it this far into the episode. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot of work to put this whole thing together. So, uh, you know, if you like it, if you appreciate it, go check out our website. Drop, drop us a couple bucks. Drop us a buck or two. Just drop it right into the tip jar. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Matt... The monthly subscription jar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that works too. Um, well, I guess we've already done. We've already given you a preview forward to what's heading next. So I think uh, maybe we can, we can wrap it up here. Yeah. Thank you again to... All of our supporters that are keeping this show afloat by the by the collective donations that they continue to to inject into this podcast. If you want to be one of our injectors, you can <laughs> check it out over at SlavicLipPod.com. And speaking of those injectors, those are Peter, Eric, Ben, Jeff, Mai, Daniel, Lou, Gary, Janice, and Isaac, Emily, Caitlin, Yitza, Irini, and Pacrob. And the music used in this episode, as always, is Staraya Kino by Piramotka. You can find more of their stuff on Bandcamp or Spotify. The links and spelling are in the show notes. You'll hear from us again soon. Hey, 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 hey.